Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart will discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. 9118 or you can listen online at reconnect my heart or you can go to our chat room which is available right now on our website you can send your questions send your prayer requests or comments I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan, if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 
Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Yes, yes. I want to say happy Sunday to everyone. And also for those who may be watching on TV right now, today is Super Bowl Sunday. Actually, the Super Bowl is taking place as we speak. But that's the reason why we have the topic we have today. On this day, many football players are fulfilling their childhood dreams of playing in the Super Bowl. It took them being prepared physically, mentally, of course emotionally, but most importantly spiritually, for this big day. So on today's show, we will talk about Never giving up on your dreams or your purpose. Being prepared for your opportunities and much more in the episode called Fight for Your Ring. Fight for your ring. Like I said, right now, the New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Rams are playing the Super Bowl, and one of those teams will get a Super Bowl ring, a championship ring. Unfortunately, just like how so, let's say those, one of those teams will lose. And that's on a corporate setting, a team setting. One of those teams Sometimes because of depending upon others, sometimes one player can cause a team to lose. One play from one player can actually cause the team to lose. And this is me. I'm going to be real with you. I hate to be in a position where I have to depend upon the actions of someone else, the performance of someone else. I cannot stand it. I get nervous when I have to depend upon someone because what happened if they miss? What happened if they lose? That means we all lose. I like to be in a position where I'm going to either pass or fail or I'm going to win or lose on my own merit or lose on my own failures or opportunity. That's just me. So with that being said, so many of those people, so many of those players are fulfilling their dream right now. Being in the Super Bowl, that's the, if you want to say, that's the supreme bowl or the supreme game of every football player, professional football player. Their dream, their goal 
is to not only be in the Super Bowl, but win the Super Bowl. Allow their team to be the Super Bowl champions. Then, of course, along with the Super Bowl champion, on the winning team, they select someone that performed at the highest level to help the team to win. They are the MVP of the game. So, in other words, not only your team winning, because of your performance, you get called the MVP. So, there's, I think they have a, uh, I think a trophy, a trophy for the MVP player. So, we're looking at that from, if you want to say a secular or looking at that from a sports a sports event now let's look at it from our perspective our life we have so many hopes so many dreams and unfortunately many people are waking up every morning fulfilling somebody else's dream some people are waking up every morning to begin Operating in somebody else's dream, but not fulfilling their own dream. There are some that have given up on their dreams. Some they have given up. Some because they have allowed, if you want to say, the opinion of others. Or even sometimes their own circumstances or their own life. Sometimes people have abandoned their own dreams. Matter of fact, I heard this old saying that said the richest place in the world is the grave. In other words, there are so many people that will die and go to their grave, not even fulfilling, not even touching the surface of their dreams. So that's one of the things that we would talk about today. And then later on, I'm going to share with you a personal story. Now, Let's talk about your dreams. Let's look at, you can look at it from God pers- excuse me, God personally give you something, a dream, a desire, a goal, a vision, an idea, and you know that it was far beyond your capability at the time. a desire, a hunger to do something, to achieve something. Now, what do we do when we get those dreams, ideas, thoughts? What do we do when those things occur? One of the things that we have to do, we have to make sure, first, we pray. Pray and ask God to help us to See and get the understanding of what he has deposited within us. Another thing we have to do, we have to make sure to do, we, we have to do this part. We got to write it down. There are so many people that have abandoned their dreams because they forget what their dreams are. See, we got to realize this. When God have given you something, when God has impregnated you with an idea or a thought, if you know it comes from God, expect the attack of the devil. 
The devil's going to attack you where? In your mind. Of course, he's going to bring, he loves negative thoughts. He's the author of confusion, where you can be confused at within your mind. So we have to understand that the devil wants to make you forget, make you abandon, make you give up on what God has impregnated you with. If God has impregnated you with an idea of thought, and think about it, it is fresh, just like how a child is conceived when a husband and wife or male or female come together and they conceive a child when the man has impregnated a woman. We have to make sure to allow that seed to reach its destination and then when it meets, there's a change that happens from within the young lady. Now, that's on the natural, but we have to look at it even on the spiritual. When we look at it from a spiritual sense, God has impregnated us with things. God has impregnated us with an idea, a thought, a suggestion. But we have to remember God has or want to impregnate us with the thought, idea, suggestion, but the only way that that seed will impregnate us is if we receive it. Listen, I don't care how someone may try to block it, stop it. The only person that can control that seed from not meeting your wound or coming or impregnating you within your wound is you. So realize that just like how we as a male may impregnate a woman, the devil is trying to make us have a spiritual miscarriage, a spiritual miscarriage of what God is trying to impregnate us with. So the other thing we have to think about, when God has given us something and we have written it down, we have to make sure, and this is something we got to understand, you can't share your thought, your dream, your vision with everybody. I know that can be very frustrating, especially we get excited when God has given us something. When, I mean, when God has given us something, there is a peace. There is a joy that comes with us. There is a joy that comes within us, a peace. It, it's like an overwhelming, it's actually an overwhelming feeling that comes. And a lot of times we expect everybody going to be just excited excited as we were or we are, we expect people that we talk to to be just as excited. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the case. A lot of them would not be excited. A lot of them would not be excited. Get this. A lot of them won't even believe you. See, when God has given you something he has given you a dream, a vision. See, he's not looking at us as who we are today. He's looking at us as who we are becoming. So a lot of times what God has given us 
is not something that's going to be understood. It's not going to be understood not only in other people's eyes, but sometimes in our own eyes. It's not going to be understood based on who we are today. A lot of times it's based on who we will be or who we will become. So when God gives you something, you have to understand right now you are in motion. Right now you are on a journey with God. So just because God has given you something right now and God has given you a dream, a vision, get this. It may not happen right now, but know just like when the angel spoke to Mary and the the angel, Gabriel, I believe, told Mary that she will conceive a son and that son would be Jesus, God's son. She will not have to lay with a man. If she receives, God himself will impregnate her will impregnate her, and that's what happened. How did she become impregnated? The Holy Spirit fell upon her because she received what was said. Now see, once she received it, then that's when things happen. Now get this. When she received it, does that mean that Jesus came right then and there instantly? No. That seed was planted within her, but she still carried the seed, and that seed eventually became an infant, and she gave birth to an infant. See, the angel told Mary what's going to happen. But she had to first receive the seed. And once she received it, then when she began to feed it, see, she was the only one that knew at first. She was the only one that knew. See, the promised Messiah was coming and she was chosen. So with that being said, a lot of things that God show us, God gives us, it's not based on who we are right now. It's who we're becoming. But that's why we have to exercise our faith and our obedience to be obedient to God no matter what. But also, it makes us very responsible to understand, like I said, we can't share our thought, our dream, our vision, our purpose with everybody because they will not understand. A lot of them will listen to your vision, listen to your plan, listen to your dream. And like I said, they will judge that dream based upon who you are, not who you are becoming. And that's when those discouragements would come. That's when those negativities would come. That's when those uh, or doubters, or some people say those haters, will come. Because they're looking at who you are, not who you are becoming. But also, a lot of times, they'll look at you based on who you are to them instead of who you are to God. See, Jesus was not even accepted by his own peers, by his own hometown people. See, Jesus was known in his neighborhood as the carpenter's son, the carpenter Joseph's son. So even though we know him as the Messiah, we know him as 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the promised Messiah. See, within his neighborhood, they just looked at him, oh, that's Joseph's son. Oh, yeah, yeah, he he walked on water. Oh, okay, yeah, but that's still Joseph's son. But he healed the sick. Oh, oh okay, that's that's good, that's good. Say, uh, can you talk about the trash? You see? Not realizing who was amongst them. So that's something that we have to understand. When we try to tell people, when we try to tell people, well, you know, this is they're not going to understand. They're not going to understand. So that's why we have to, we have to be strong-minded. We have to make sure that we're not listening to people. So that's why it's important for us to be mindful of who we tell, who we tell our dreams, our visions. Look at Joseph in the that was in Genesis. Joseph, Joseph, he, listen, his own brothers were jealous of him. His own brothers. And don't you know that a lot of times, because you may have the dream, you may have the vision, you may have a purpose, a lot of times people just look at the jealousy happen from their their friends. Sometimes the jealousy may even happen within the family. See, a lot of times it's so unfortunate, but unfortunately many times people are looking for negativity outside of the home, but expecting the help or the support within the home. And they become discouraged because the lack of support coming from outside of the house, but it's coming from within the house. And sometimes God will send those that you least expect that are outside of your home or even the people you think that don't even care about you. They may be the one that really supports you to give you what you need. So that's why we have to be very, very mindful to be mindful, to be careful on not sharing our dream with everybody. See, if you do have to tell your dream, your plan to people, and this is the thing, we tell people, you know, tell God about it. That's fine and dandy. We understand that. But also God has placed us, human beings, God has placed us people to be helpers of one another. So I'm not saying don't tell your desires to nobody, but be prayerful because God will send you to the person that you need to go to that will help you fulfill your dream. They will help you. They may be the means. They may be the link. They may be the encouragement. Also, what we have to do, we have to understand in being prayerful on who we go to, we have to understand that you have to go to those people that are dreamers whom you can trust. Let me say that again. You have to go to those dreamers of those who you trust. What do I mean? See, there are a lot of people, when I say dreamers, that also mean um, that listen to God, that receive a vision from God, all those things. When we listen to them to make sure that we are 
able to trust them. The worst thing you can do is tell your heart's desires to somebody that you don't trust. To tell somebody your purpose, your plans, and you don't trust them or you can't trust them. See, there are some people that that are dreamers, some that visionaries, some that are purpose-minded, and they may have the means to fulfill your plan or their plan, but because they're not trustworthy or you can't trust them, they'll take your plan to become their plan. So that's why, see, we got to understand money talks. See, um, I believe I'm not mistaken, uh, there, was, there was a mall in Dallas called Community Mark. And the Community Mark was a partnership of one black man and one Oriental man. Uh, yeah. The black man was the one that was, quote, unquote, supposed to be the mind. And then the Oriental man was the one that's supposed to be the financer, uh, the money. I'll say it like that, the money. One guy had the vision, the other guy had the money. So they merged together. They became a, if I'm not mistaken, a 50-50 partnership. But eventually, it didn't last long. Eventually, the doors were closed. Now, when it comes down to the marketplace, if someone wants to gather a business partner, who would they rather go to? The one that have a plan but no finances to make it happen? Or the one that has no plan but has the finances to make it happen? See, many people will say the one that has the finances. Why? Because to be honest with you, with enough money, you can make something happen. (laughs) But not only that, but even with enough money, see, people will come to you. People will come to you. If you got the money, if they have enough money, if, if I just say you, if you have the money to make things happen, people will come to you. And they may have a thought, a vision, a plan. And if they lack in money, all they need to do is just come to you. And because you have the money, what would happen? They would ask you for a partnership. So in other words, you got a 50-50 partnership deal without breaking a sweat. Why? Because you got the money. Versus some people may have an idea, the vision. But what they're doing, they have to sell a fraction of their vision or their business. Why? Because they don't have the finances to support their dream or their purpose to become a reality. One of the shows I got hooked on was a show called Shark Tank. Um, from, my, from my understanding, it comes on in the uh in North America, and then also there's uh, another version that comes on around the world. But uh, Dragon, I think it's called Dragon in another country. But the key thing is these are businesses that come to the show, uh, small businesses that come to the show, 
and they looking to partner up with investors who will help them financially to make their dreams happen. So we have to be able to understand that money talks, money makes things happen. So I said that to let you know, you have to be careful of who you tell your dream, your hopes, your vision, your plans, because if you tell a dreamer who you don't trust, that dream that you have will now become their dream that they got. So you have to be mindful to make sure you deal with those who you trust. Like I said earlier, we have to make sure that when we tell people, you can't tell negative-minded people. You can't tell people, like I said earlier, you can't tell people who look at you as who you are or look at you as who you are to them. If they don't see the God fingerprints or thumbprints in you, don't share with them your dream. Now, it may be a close relative of yours and all that stuff, but you got to understand the level of maturity that they're at. Deal with the people that are also business-minded. Business-minded people are purpose-minded people. Business-minded people also are patient. You can't tell people your dreams or your vision that are impatient. You can't tell them that because True business people are investors. They understand that there are things that sometimes, every now and then, something may happen instantaneously. But the majority of the time, it takes what? It takes time. It's a process for things to happen. So you have to make sure that you be mindful of the people that you tell. You have to be mindful of, are these people that are business-minded? The other thing you have to do, whatever dream, desire, vision that God has given you, you have to, as soon as you see it and you write it down, you receive it, you have to walk daily in steps that will help you achieve it. If God tells you you're going to become a doctor, if God shows you a vision of you becoming a doctor, if you receive it, what you need to start doing, you have to start writing down, speaking out loud to yourself, encouraging yourself, and also start start hanging around where doctors hang out at. Listen. You have to be in the information highway, not just where it's going north, not just where it's going south or east or west. You be in the center of the information highway where you can get it going backwards and forwards. Also, you have to do your part. See, God give us the vision, but it's up to us to be able to do the research. God has given us the what the finish line looks like. God has showed us what what we would look like at the finish line. But unfortunately, many times the reason why we don't physically make it to the finish line because we have not prepared ourselves for the finish line. And we end up dying before we end up making it to the finish line. That dying may be physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. So if God has showed you the finish line, From this day forth, what steps are you doing to make yourself go to the finish line? 
See, you have to write down. You have to talk to yourself daily. I always do this, and I always encourage people to do this. Every night before you go to bed, you have to at least have a meeting with yourself. Now, I'm not just saying you have a meeting one time. That's at least have a couple of meetings with yourself, even if it's two or three daily. But ultimately, you have to make sure that you allow at least one last meeting before you go to bed. And that's the meaning of you having a conversation with yourself to ask yourself, what steps did you do today to get you one step closer to your purpose, to your dreams, to your dreams, your vision to become a reality? Did you achieve anything? Is there anything that helped you today get you one step closer? And if not, then I will tell you, number one, forgive yourself. And then after you forgive yourself, make sure that you do not do that again. Make sure that you do starting tomorrow, starting the next day. Start doing something for you to get one day closer, one step closer to your purpose, to your dreams becoming reality, to your vision becoming yours. How to say Lord, uh, we often hear it in the in the in the prayer. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, it's going to be done in heaven based on what we're doing here on earth. So, what steps are you doing? And a lot of times, we cannot rely or wait upon someone else to motivate us, to charge us, to provoke us, to do what we need to do. Sometimes you have to think about this. You got to think about how bad do you want it. You have to, as I say, like for myself, I'm going to use myself for an example. I have a son. I have a son, and right now he's 13, and in five more years he'll be a senior. But my thing is I do not want to be in a position where I have to work every day. I want to be in a position where I have financial freedom. I want to be in a position where I have freedom time-wise for me to be able to be with my son. So what I need to do right now, the vision and the plans and the hopes and dreams that God has given me, I got to look at, I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing it for us, for him. I'm doing this for that way I can leave a legacy so he can have something where he won't have to work so hard. He can remember his daddy gave him something. So I have to make sure even if I'm not feeling my best while I'm lying in the bed, when it's time for me to get ready to go to work, I have to make myself get up because of the love I have for myself and the love and the purpose I have for my son. See, there are people that are waiting for you for you to fulfill your purpose, your hopes, your dreams, your vision. Listen, God did not give you a vision just for you to just enjoy by yourself. There is an audience, there are people that are dependent upon you that God has, God has strategically placed for you to be able to fulfill it and bless, not just bless yourself, but it's enough for you to bless others. Even more than just financially, 
it's going to bless other people even by you being encouragement, by you fulfilling it because people are watching. See, I found out I can get up, I can go to work, I can leave and go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning and make it home at 3 o'clock. They may not have seen me get up to go to work, but what if they're watching me as I'm coming in? What they're going to see, they're going to see, man, they're going to see consistency. They're going to see a pattern. And that's what I'm telling you. You have to be consistent. You have to have something that's going to drive you to get up. In other words, what that you love so much, what or who that you love so much that you would get up to fulfill your plans, get up to fulfill your purpose, get up to fulfill your dreams, get up to go to work. And that going to work is not just going on a nine-to-five, going to a job. No, we talking about getting up and going to work on your purpose. See, in the Bible, God gave Adam work. And see, the word work in its original language is a Hebrew word that means energy or source from God. God being the source. And God being the source is trying to provide us or trying to guide us to the resource. See, God is the source and the purpose or the plan is will be the resource to bless or to give to other people through us. So there is a reason that God has entrusted that purpose, that plan within you. So the other thing what we have to do, and this is something that it sounds so it sounds simple, but I have to say that because a lot of times people overlook it. But we have to make sure that our spiritual ears, our spiritual senses is tuned in to God and not to people. Like I said, not to people's opinion, not to people's thoughts or dreams, but listening to God. God listen, if God would give you the plan, if God would give you the vision, don't you know he would give you the steps for the vision? Listen, even in the Bible, it tells us, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So in other words, we got to understand and know God's voice for ourselves. We got to know God's voice. We got to know God's leading. We got to know God's word. God's word, God's word has every principle, every principle pertaining to life pertaining to godliness, pertaining to life, pertaining to eternal life, but also the godly living right here on earth. God wants us to be the lenders. God prefer for us to be the lenders, to be able to lend money out to people or lend or provide jobs for people. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that God has blessed to become entrepreneurs, but unfortunately they have abandoned that entrepreneur spirit the entrepreneur seed. Some of them have abandoned it. Some some of them have given it away. Some people, because of a lack of trust or a lack of faith in God, because think about it, what God want to do through you, it's going to take you getting out of your comfort zone. It's going to take you sometimes even getting away from people that you're familiar with. There's going to be some people because when God does things, he does things that 
will exceed, go beyond your wildest dreams. God will do things that will just blow your mind. So we got to understand that God wants to do that for us. The other thing we've got to do, and this is something that we have to really understand, when you are purpose-minded or when God has given you a dream or a vision, you got to have thick skin. You got to have thick skin. In other words, you gotta you gotta you got to expect people leaving you, abandoning you, talking about you crazy, thinking that you are crazy, calling you every other name, lying on you, accusing you. The main thing, accusations gonna come, we just gotta make sure it ain't true. But the thing is, look at it like this. Those things must come, and it comes from the devil to allow those things to distract us, to make us give up. See, we got to look at those as suggestions. Those things are suggestions. Is that the character that we want to betray? Is that who we are? See, the devil wants to throw those things at you for you to be able to stay stuck. See, you think about it. When God has given us that dream, that vision, when God has given us that, God may have shown us, like I said, who we'll become in full term. Sometime in our senior years, while we still, in our teenage years, God has given us that. God may give you something. Like I said, God will give you something, but we have to make sure that we, just like the football, we got to hold on to it. Now, look, God may give you the ball. Wow, wow, thank the Lord. God may give you the ball at the one-yard line, and your back is almost, I mean, you're so close, where if you fall down, they can sack you and maybe get a safety. See, your your back is right on there, your opponent's a touchdown, field goal, end zone is so close. It, you look, you on their one yard line, and you got ninety nine yards to go. But just because you got so many yards to go, and God has shown you the vision of you being in your own end zone, does that mean that you just compromise? Well, my my end zone is. Is too far, so I guess the end zone that God was showing me was them sacking me. And I'm dropping the ball. I'm fumbling the ball in their end zone. Uh-uh. You got to see, you got to see when God is giving you something that's in your turf, that's in your end zone. You got to, you, listen, you got to not just receive what he told you, remember what he told you, write down what he told you, but you got to live what he told you. You got to have the attitude of what he told you. You got to have an attitude. You got to speak what he told you. Just because he give it to you, that ain't enough. Let that be proof or that let that be confirmation, but you still got to do the work. You still got to do the leg work. That should be an assurance, an assurance to us that we will succeed. We will become victorious. But like I said, 
I think about this is on a Monday night football. I don't know who the Dallas Cowboys were playing, <clears throat> but on the one yard line, they gave the ball to Tony Dorsett. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Emma Smith. Emma Smith. And Emma Smith ran 99 yards. I believe if that was either Emma Smith or Emma Smith or Tony Dorsett. Matter of fact, while I'm talking, I'm going to look it up. They gave him the end zone. 99 yards. And he made a touchdown. He made a touchdown. I'm going to find out who who it was. It was either Tony Dorsett, Tony Dorsett, or um, Emmett Smith. Tony Dorsett or Emmett Smith. Tony Dorsett, yes, it was. Tony Dorsett. That was in 1983. Tony Dorsett. So. I wanted to make I wanted to make sure to get my facts straight. Tony Dorsett for the Dallas Cowboys, nineteen eighty-three. So we gotta remember that. You know what? He could have given up. And you think about it. If you on your opponent's one yard line, it'll be easy for them to throw the ball. But instead of them throwing the ball, you think about it. They just did a Toss off, and Tony Dorsett, he had to have enough courage, enough confidence within himself to run. And guess what? He broke through the line of scrimmage. He broke through everybody, and he made a touchdown. In other words, he ran more yards. He had more yards in front of him than behind him. The odds were against him, but you know what? He made it. He made it. So we got to understand that God's giving up that same principle. So along with having a thick skin, like I said, people going to think you're crazy. Some people, and especially you got to tune out. You got to tune out negativity. You got to tune out what people may think or people may say. You also have to look at it like this. You live your life every day as if it's going to happen the next day or that particular day. You got to visualize yourself. You Listen, listen. God will give you the dream. God will give you the vision. But you have to remind yourself. You have to see yourself. Listen, God gave you the vision, but now it's up to you to see the plan. God gave you the vision, but you seek God for the plan. Seek God for the steps. But also, what do you need to do to get you one step closer? You do your homework. You do your research. But also, you have to be prepared because, listen, when God gives you the vision, when God gives you the purpose, I guarantee you, when you seek him, when you listen to him, when you allow him to guide you, he will set forth an opportunity for you to seize it. I'm telling you from personal experience, not just from my personal experience, but any, but many others, I have seen God move, God work. 
but you have to make sure, along with you having a thick skin, you got to look at it and be hungry enough to do it no matter what. You got you to gotta work more. Uh, you got to love your work more than you sleep. Sometimes you got to push away your food. Sometimes you got to stay up. Uh, they call it, uh, my godfather would say, you got to burn that midnight oil. You got to work at it. Work at it. There are some people that are naturally gifted, but there are other people who may have to work on it a little bit harder. But just in case, you might be one of the ones that may have to work a little harder. Don't give up. There may be somebody who, like I said, you may see them and they just get it just like that. But you have to work on it, work on it, work on it. So what? Keep on doing it. Because God will bless you. The main thing is you got to be consistent. That's the main word I have to often think about. You got to be consistent. Consistency. You have to be consistent. But also, along with you being consistent in your hopes and your dreams, you got to center yourself around people that are like-minded, too. You got to center yourself around people that's going to challenge you, people that's going to hold you accountable, hold you responsible for you doing what you need to do to get one step closer to your dream, your vision, your purpose. If you visualize yourself becoming a doctor, what you need to do, you go to, if you want to call it, um, let's go to um, Office Depot, Office Max. Let's go to one of them stores and you ask them to create one of your one of those um, name plates. And on your name plate, right before your name, put DR on there. Doctor, whatever your name is, if you if you want to be a doctor. Make a nameplate with the name Dr. Owner, and you put it where every time you're lying in the bed, you see it. You see if you can place it somewhere where no matter how you position yourself in your bedroom, it's there. You got to speak to yourself. You got to motivate yourself. Put some sayings, put some sayings, put some, some quotes that will challenge you, that will encourage you. Matter of fact, I, I put one. I actually have a couple of them. Um, when I was in El Paso a couple of years ago, it says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or who gives me the strength or who gives me, or who enables me. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's Philippians 4 and 13. Also, on another one, right beside it, I have Joshua 1 and 9. The Lord your God will give, excuse me, the Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. And then behind me, I put this right, right behind my door, right behind my bedroom door. I am blessed. I am called. I am healed. I am whole. I have that right on my door. So when I first get up in the morning, I see I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. The Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. I see that while I'm lying in the bed. But then when I turn around and get out of my bedroom, I see I'm blessed, I'm healed. I'm blessed, I'm called. I'm healed, I'm whole. I see that. And then also what I did, when I wrote my first book, I had that front frame 
that that front cover blown up and I put it over my bed to remind myself, God allowed me to do that. But that's one of many that God has for me to do. So I'm saying that to let you all know that God can do it for you. But you have to work at it. You have to get your hands dirty. You got to do it. And do it knowing that it be gratifying. It's a labor of love. But like I said, you can't in the, you can't let anybody to take or rob you or make you think that you can't do it. To make sure that you want to do it. And like I said, sometimes God will remove all of your resources for you to depend upon him. God wants you to depend upon him. And like I said, it's okay to have people around that you may love, that you know that they are a good example and everything. But sometimes we allow people to be in the place of God where we we stop trusting God and we start trusting people. And remember, God is trying to have you to get to him, to go to him. God wants you to rely upon him. But unfortunately, like I said, we we rely so many people to be in the place of God and God saying, look here, no, no, I want you to rely upon me. And so sometimes when you try to reach out for people, what happens? They're not available. God saying, look here, I gave you the dream. They didn't. But also the other thing we have to remember, this is something I wanted to, I wanted to bring up earlier. Even when people do you try to tell your dream and, and they don't believe you, you can't convince people. Listen, you shouldn't have to convince people what God told you. You got to think about it. Who was in a meeting when God told you? It wasn't y'all. It was you. It was you. Why were you? And I've seen so many times that people, yeah, yeah, God, and they try to prove to other people what God told them. You're wasting your time. That's a distraction. You do what God tells you to do, and you know what? I guarantee you, if you if you stay focused on what God tell you and you stop trying to look for fans or looking for support, when you go ahead and you just trust God and you keep on doing, listen, you trust in God, he will send support. Sometimes he will send the most unlikely people, the people that you expect to turn you down or not to support you. So we have to always stay conscious. Always stay focused. It is God that's going to make things happen. So I want to share with you all this story. This happened in 1982. In 1982, well, let me, I'm sorry. Let me backtrack right quick. Before I tell the dream, I want to share with you all this. I told you all be ready. I told y'all to be prepared. I wanted to make sure I also tell you all, not only expecting from the end of the day, at any moment, you have to prepare yourself for the opportunity and be able to recognize when the opportunity comes. Make sure that you rehearse. It may be an encounter that God may have you to be able to meet somebody, to be with someone, you have to be ready. You have to be ready at all times. Thank the Lord. 
Uh, I was going to tell you one dream. I'm going to tell you two. One dream, this one happened first. Back in 1982, if, I'm not going to say it was God. I'm not going to say that at the time I didn't recognize it. I didn't know. But I saw strongly, strongly, and now I realize it was God, but I see at the time I was 11 years old, going to be 12. Time, I'm sorry. 1982, I was nine, gonna be 10. I'm sorry, but at the time, I saw a vision, and I just thought that, hey, I knew I knew it was gonna happen. I saw a vision of me being with Prince, the singer Prince. I saw a vision of me being with him, and it was so real. I just knew it. I just knew it was gonna happen. And then I realized, okay, that was God. So I just knew it was God that was showing me that I was going to be with Prince. So I told a couple of people, and oh my goodness, they thought I was crazy. But I stopped telling the people because I was listening to what they were saying, and they just thought they were just kind of blowing it off. But I knew that it was going to happen. So that was in 1982. But I never forgot about the dream. I just knew one day it was going to happen. So one day, December of 1997, I found out that he was going to be at Reunion Arena. There was a concert I knew I was going to go to. And the funny thing about it, I bought some tickets. But they were up there in the nosebleed seats. But I remember, remember this? The dream, the vision of me being with Prince. Well, as time went on before the concert, I think like two or three days before the concert, I got a phone call from a coworker of mine, a good friend of mine. Matter of fact, his name was Dwayne Rhodes. Dwayne Phillip Rhodes. He told me that a friend of his uh, had fifth row seats to the Prince concert. That he was gonna get rid of, and I told him I wanted. I didn't care how much he was selling it for. I wanted them, and gladly, he was. He sold me at a very, very, very generous price, very reasonable price. So I got it. And the day of the concert, I was preparing myself so I can be with Prince. I actually had the outfit. I wore a specific outfit for for me to be recognized and my cousin was going to pick me up and take me her and I was going to go. So as we drive into the concert, excuse me, matter of fact, I'm going to say this before the concert earlier that day, I went to the record store and it so happened. I went to the guitar section, the magazines, and I saw a Prince guitar player in there. So I began to start reading. I started studying. I was, I was already familiar with his music. I had a part of his music, but I was learning his guitar techniques and his guitar equipment of all times. I ran into a magazine that had one page with him in it. So I studied it. I remembered it. And I actually put his guitar pick. I had met him a couple of months earlier, and I had his guitar pick. 
and he gave me his guitar pick. So now my cousin and I are going to the Prince concert, and I told her, "This is the day I'm going on. I'm going on stage. Do you want to come with me?" She said, "No, no, no." So as the concert went on, I'm on the fifth row, and Prince ended up calling out some young ladies on stage. I think I think three or five, and then the background singer picked out some guys. I raised my hand and pointed at myself. She said, yes, you. Now, that dream is about to become a reality because Prince on the very, very far end, and I got up there on stage while everybody else standing still and just kind of waving at their friends from the stage, I did my thing. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Prince sees me and I see him leaving the far corner because at first he was by himself in the far corner. But he walked. He cut across everybody else to come over there to be with me. Now, this was my mentality when I got up there on stage. My mentality was not, I'm on stage for Prince. My mentality was Prince on stage with me. And later on that night, I ran into a couple of the band members, and they recognized me from me being on stage. And that was 15 years after I had that vision. It took 15 years. I, Like I said, I've been talked about. They thought I was crazy, all those things. But 15 years later, it happened. So in other words, I couldn't give up. If I had a Given up or aborted that dream, Prince wouldn't have been on stage with me. Now, the other dream I was going to share with you that just kind of hit me, this was actually, I believe it was last year. I wanted to meet Arsenio Hall. I wanted to meet Arsenio Hall, the comedian Arsenio Hall, and I found out that he was at the improv. So I went there. And I wanted to meet him in the first night. The first night I, I waited, wanted to get his art. Uh, actually, I didn't want to take a picture. I wanted to give him a book. I just wanted to, you know, meet him. But unfortunately, they took him out. He had to go. And so I was like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. And then I found out, wait a minute, this is Friday night. He's performing Friday and Saturday night. He performed two shows on Friday. He was going to perform two shows on Saturday. But I had this urge while I was at home. I was kind of stalling. I was going to go ahead and make it to the Saturday show also. But I had the urge to get up and go immediately. And I was like, well, you know, this might be in between the sets. It might be in between the first show and the second show. But I felt in my spirit to get up and go right now. So I got up and went, and I noticed that they were leaving out. They come to find out they cut the second the second show. They cut it. So it was just one show. <clears throat> so as I'm leaving, <clears throat> as I'm as everybody leaving, everybody is going to the back way, excuse me, the front way. I'm going to the back way. Now, the last time, the day before, the day before, 
Arsenio Hall used the elevator. So I said, okay, well, I don't want to use the elevator because I know he had bodyguards and stuff. So what happened was that Friday, which was the day before, he left after everybody left. And so I said, okay. So what I did was I started going down the, the steps. And so as I'm going down the steps, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Let me go upstairs for a minute. So I went upstairs. As I'm going up, I stopped and my, I turned around. All of a sudden, I heard somebody, excuse me, excuse me. And I turned around, and guess who was in front of me? Arsenio Hall. And I said, I want to look. <laughs> and so we had a little small conversation right then and there. But I said all that to say this. That Friday night, I missed the opportunity of giving him my book to listen because God was orchestrating everything for me to have a second chance. And the funny thing about it was I live maybe 35 minutes away from where he was performing, 35 to 45 minutes where he was performing. And because God told me to get up immediately, he knew that they were not going to have a second show on that next night. I didn't know, but God knew. So I said all that to say this. Because of me listening to God, and I mean, just, I'll say a purposeful encounter, God allowed that to happen for me because I listened. I was ready. See, you have to be prepared. You got to know what to you got to practice. Listen here. I don't care if you practice every day while you're driving, while you're looking in the mirror, while you even practicing and reciting what you're going to say to your dog, to your baby. Whatever you do, you practice it. You practice. Get, get in your mind the language of what you're going to say. To your mindset, what you're going to say when it happens. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so grateful you know, I'm I'm not a multimillionaire. I'll say that I'm not a multimillionaire yet, <laughs> but I'm speaking into existence. But I will say this: you have to understand there's life and death in the power of the tongue. You speak what he says. You speak what he shows you. When you speak it, now it's time for you to live it. Now it's time for you to do it. And if you can do it. God will help you. God will give you the strength, the courage, the fortitude to do it. We often we often have that old saying, God help those who help themselves. Yes, he will. He will do it. But you have to do your part. You got to do it. If you don't do it, then you can't blame no one else. You can't blame people for your shortcomings. You have to be able to do it. So I want to encourage for those who may be asking God, what is their purpose? What is their dream? A lot of times we're so busy in the daytime that God can sometimes only deal with us at night, even through our dreams, even through our visions. Write them down. Write them down. Pray over them. Pray over them and look for scriptures that support what God said. Ask God to help you to visualize yourself. See yourself as you already doing it. And like I said, there may be some things, <clears throat> just like if you want to say growth growth pains, 
physical growth pain, sometimes it becomes uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that we'll stop growing. Sometimes those growing pains help you to grow. It's reminding you that you're growing. We have to understand that growing pain is a good thing. That means that you have your nerves, your senses, you're growing, you're maturing, you're expanding. Same thing pertaining to us emotionally, mentally, spiritually. When we are expanding, when we are growing, we're becoming the people that God called for us to be, but we're also becoming or we're coming into the place that God showed us that we'll be. So that's a good thing. So I want to encourage you all, just in case you don't know what to do, just in case you feel like, you know what, I'm looking for support. You know what, even if people around you are not supporting you, so what? (laughs) Just think about it like that. So what? So if they're not, big deal. Guess what? That's their loss. That's that's where it's going to make you become more mature, where you have to depend upon God. Trust God. So don't worry about who ain't supporting you. Thank God for the support God is going to show you. Thank God for the support God is providing for you. And just in case people may leave you, just in case people may discourage you, listen, that's, that's letting you know that what God is going to give you is so impactful. The devil trying to bring discouragement. The devil trying to hit on every side. But no matter what, we're not going to give it up. We're not going to abort because of people who don't want to uh, do what God called for them to do. And just because, just because you're doing what God called for you to do and they don't want to do what God called for them to do, look here. Just like salvation, it's an individual thing. And you know what? This may be the opportunity for God to show you the person's true character, the person's, their true identity. And if by chance, if they leave, so what? For those that leave, God will always replace them. But God wants you to be in a position where your mind is on him, your focus is on him. And also think about this, it's his responsibility to provide for you. Don't try to provide for yourself. You just do what God tells you to do. When you do what God tells you to do, then you put him in the responsibility of providing your needs according to his riches and glory. So just in case this podcast has blessed you all, ministered to you all, I want to encourage you all, please keep God first. No matter how things look, don't be discouraged. Do not lose hope. Do not lose faith. And just because it seemed like it'll never come, think about it. Why did God give you the dream? God is not trying to play games with you. The devil is. Just stay focused. And he may not he may not come to your rescue right now or tomorrow. He may not come, but just know he's on the way. He's coming. He's already here. He, this podcast or this show is a reminder of what God can do. So you stay fighting. You stay fighting in the race. Stay fighting. Stay fighting uh, in the ring. Stay fighting, running in the race. You stay. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. For what? Think about it. If you throw in the towel, what else are you going to do? If you give up, where are you going to go? If you abandon your dream, your hopes, Listen, 
the best thing you can do is fight. Know that you're fighting for a reason. You're fighting for a cause. But if you give up, you die. You may not physically die, but you emotionally die. You're burying your purpose. And your purpose, your dream are way beyond you. Listen, it's a part of your legacy. Your legacy will outlive you. Your purpose will outlive you. That's something we got to remember. Our purpose, our dreams, our hopes, our ambition will outlive us. We become we become engraved in history when we fulfill our purpose, our dreams, our hopes, our desires. So we have to be mindful of realizing what's at stake. What is at stake? So I want to encourage those who maybe who may feel like, you know what? Can God forgive me because I may have gotten a late start? Yes, he can, and yes, he will. He want to forgive you, but also you forgive yourself. And just in case you may be listening, and you've been hearing about me talking about God, who is God? I want to tell you, he loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and for me. And also, just in case you don't realize it, there's a there's an eternal life after this. But realize, even though there's an eternal life after this, God wants you to have a life right now. And just in case you don't know, just in case you don't know how to accept eternal life, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess, confess the Lord Jesus Christ is thy Savior and believe in the heart that God will raise him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Just in case someone who may be listening, who may need a word of encouragement, who may feel like giving up, I want you to know that God is here for you. Matter of fact, friend of mine, thank the Lord, friend of mine right now just posted a scripture. This is uh, 1 Corinthians. 9, 24, and 25. Do you not know in the race all the runners run, but only get prize, but only get one prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the race goes to strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the opportunity for us to go ahead and give it to God once and for all. We should cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for us. Just in case you may be going through something right now and you feel like giving up, you listening right now and this is the purpose There is a purpose for you to even listen right now, for you to be encouraged, for you to be strengthened, for you to know that you're loved, and not just passively loved, but highly loved. Highly loved by God and highly loved by many, by us. Just in case someone may be sick, just in case someone may be going through something, 
God can heal. God can restore right now. There may be something that may be grieving right now. Just know that you can cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. God will be a friend to the friendless, a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. We're going to give every one of our needs and concerns, and we're going to give it to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on tonight, God. God, we ask you, first of all, God, to help us, God, to be the men and ladies that you call for us to be, God. Help us right now in the name of Jesus. Help us, God, to obey you. Help us, God, to trust you, God. Help us, God, to love you, God, to respect you, God. Help us, God, in every aspect of our life right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speaking, God, right now, God. There may be some who may be listening, God, who may not understand a purpose, what their identity is, God. God, we ask Lord to help them, God, to seek you, God, and to see you right now, God. And as we seek you, God, and see you, God, not only you will reveal who you are, but, God, you will reveal who they are in you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speaking, God, that you open up their spiritual eyes right now, God. And, God, we speaking, God, that you unclog their spiritual ears right now, God. God, help them, God, and help us, God, to be able to hear your word, God, and apply it to our lives right now in the name of Jesus. And say to about everything you stand for, we bind every problem, we bind every confusion right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the deliverance, God. Thank you, Lord, for the healing right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for destroying the yokes right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for lifting every burden right now, God. God, we speak, God, that you, uh, we thank you, Lord, for deliverance, God, of those who may be dealing with drugs, God, those who may be dealing with pornography, God, those who may be dealing with alcoholism, God, those who may be dealing with homosexuality, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for the deliverance, God, and setting them free right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, that you reveal your identity, God, and help people understand who you are right now, God. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done right now, everything you're going to do, and Lord, we speaking right now, God. Those who may be in need of a church home right now, God, lead them to the church, God, that's going to teach your word, God, that's going to demonstrate your word right now, God. Help us, God, to not just be a hearers of the word, but more importantly, God, be a doers of the word right now, God. Help us, God, even for those, God, who may be speaking contrary to your word right now, God. Help us, God, to speak life, God. Speak your words out of their mouth, out of our mouth right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, about, help us God, to be mindful, God. Help us, God, to have the the morals, God. Help us to have the ethics, God. Help us to have the character right now, God. So we exemplify you, God. God, they will promote, God, promote you, God, to others right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done right now, God, everything you're going to do right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's coming from this, God. Thank you, Lord, for the healing that's coming from this, God. Thank you, Lord, for the deliverance that's coming from this right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. Thank each and everyone who tuned in, who listened, and who supported this program. If you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to contact me on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. You, you can read my data devotions and also my videos on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. 
you can go to my website also at www.brotherpraetor.org. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events, also my personal appearances. And also, you can go to my store section on my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men of the needs and responsibilities to their families, children, their spouse, or their children's mother, to inform women the needs of men and to give single women the the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who are tuned in to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.